All right, let's turn our Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy tonight, 2 Timothy chapter number 2, 2 Timothy chapter number 2, and we'll get right into the message this evening and look forward to what the Lord has for us from the Word of God. And I certainly am uh, excited about uh, what the Lord is doing. I am not discouraged about what's going on in our world one bit. It's a great opportunity for God's church. It's a great opportunity for the Christian uh, to make an eternal difference. And what I'm preaching on tonight is going to tie uh, right into that. It's going to tie into, uh, not specifically, but it will tie into why uh, we have the ministries that we have, why we have a Bible college, why we train our young people to serve the Lord with their life. And uh, I told you this morning uh, what I was going to preach on. So if you're here this morning, you, you know the subject and uh, probably uh, most of you have already forgotten, so I'm going to tell you again. Tonight I'm going to preach on the unsuspected killer of a Christian's usefulness. Uh, as a child of God, I want to be a useful Christian. I want God to use me. Uh, I don't want to just live my days and die and, and, and never have made a different, an eternal difference. And as a child of God, that will be all of, our, all of our goals is to uh, be used by God. Uh, and so I'll say more about this in a moment, but uh, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter number 2. We'll begin reading verse number 1, and we'll read down through verse number 4. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Notice verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. The unsuspected killer of a Christian's usefulness. I'm going to point it out to you in verse number 4 if you haven't already uh, identified it. Uh, but then I'll spend the next three and a half hours expounding uh, on that. And uh, some of you laughed, some of you just passed out, and uh, everybody else missed that, but... Um, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. I'm convinced that we are living in, in Christ's return is imminent. I believe Christ could come tonight. Um, I believe we have a great opportunity as God's people. I believe we have a great opportunity to reach people with the gospel, uh, to make an eternal difference. We have more churches than we've ever had. We've got more Bible colleges than we've ever had. Uh, we've got more uh, ministries uh, as a collective people than we've ever had. Missionaries travel. You don't, they don't have to get on a boat and for six months go to the other side of the world. Uh, they can, in just a few hours, be in another country. And then they can, through technology, talk to you you see them and them see you. We've got opportunity in front of us like we've never had before. Even in this pandemic, we have just carried on as a church. We may not have been able to do everything that we've always done, uh, but through technology, we've, we've, we've not missed a service. We've kept everything going. We have had great opportunities. If we have all that before us, why do we keep getting further and further behind? And I believe the key is found in verse number four because we're supposed to be warring. No man that warreth entangleth himself. I believe most Christians want to do something for God. 
But they get entangled with the affairs of this life. And certainly, the message tonight, I certainly want to be a challenge to our graduates, but to all of us as a church tonight, um, to be aware of the unsuspected killer of a Christian's usefulness. We preach on sin, and we should. We stand right, and we should. And at the Emmanuel Baptist Church, we're going to continue to do that. But I want us all to be aware of something that can creep in and keep us from making an eternal difference. I don't know about you, when I get to heaven, I want somebody to be there because of my efforts. I want someone to be there because of my life. I, I want to have a crown to lay at my Savior's feet. There's no crowns for living for this world. I want a crown, not for my own glory, but so I'm not empty-handed when I'm in the presence of the one who paid my sin debt. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, I pray that you'll help us as we look in the Word of God. I've got much to get to tonight, but Father, I pray that you'll uh, just use it. Uh, this is certainly some thoughts that you've put on my mind some time ago, and as, uh, as this study has continued, you have certainly made it evident to me that this is the message for tonight. Father, I pray that you'll use it. Bless our graduates, bless their families, bless our church. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. A few words I want us to look at in verse number 4, 2 Timothy 2. The first one is the word warth. In other words, to make war. Uh, verse number 3 refers, Paul is speaking to Timothy and says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Uh, we are, this indicates that we are to be at war. We're not to be at war with one another as God's people, but we are to be at war with the enemy, and that enemy is our adversary, Satan. We're to be at war with the devil. We're to be at war against evil. So how do we, how do, we do that, Pastor? Well, the, the greatest way that you and I can engage in spiritual warfare is by entering into our prayer closets and having a prayer life and interceding on behalf of others. That is spiritual warfare. We are to make war spiritually. Another way we're to do that is we're to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me remind all of us here, uh, if you're saved, and how many of you are saved tonight? Let me see your hand. You're on your way to heaven. There was a time when you were lost. There was a time when if you had died, you would have gone to hell to pay for your sin. He told you that there is one, the perfect Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who paid your sin debt, and all you had to do was put your faith in Him and look to Him for salvation. Now, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, when I trusted Christ as my Savior, that was a victory in spiritual warfare. An eternity was changed from hell to heaven. A soul was no longer lost for all of eternity. So if we're going to engage in spiritual warfare, if we are as a Christian should be warring, we should be a praying people, and we should be a, a proclaiming people, and we should be a people who stand for truth and righteousness. Uh, we just need to stand on the things that are right. We stand, where do we get what we believe? We don't get it from the latest internet poll. We don't get it from the latest survey from the Barna Group. We get it straight from the Word of God. And we ought to stand on truth. That's how we war. Make no mistake about it, when we do those things, it does stir the enemy. Another word I want you to see is a word that's very important for us tonight as we look at this passage of Scripture, is the word entangleth. The word entangleth means to twist or intertwine in such a manner 
as to not be easily separated. Notice what the scripture is saying. If you're going to war, there's something that you've got to avoid. Timothy, if you're going to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, if, if you were going to make a mark, if you were going to make a difference in this spiritual battle, there's something that you are going to have to avoid, and that is the entanglement to be twisted or intertwined in such a manner that you can't easily separate it with the affairs of this life. In these days, Roman soldiers were not allowed to marry or engage in any kind of trade. They were forbidden to get into the affairs of any man. Because as a soldier, that was their life. That is what they did. And there was nothing that could keep them from fulfilling that requirement. It was said of William Gladstone, the British Prime Minister in the late 1800s, that he considered it his sacred duty never to think any part of his time his own while he is in office. He considers he has no right to have anything to do with his own affairs. He never reads a book that he does not think will help prepare his mind for the work he is to do for his country. He never takes any relaxation or recreation, but what he thinks is, is just necessary to prepare him in doing the work of the country. It is a life of hard and continuous work, and yet we all look upon that as the most honorable place in the country. Now, with this in mind, as Christians, we are not forbidden to have any leisure. We are not forbidden to have any joy in this life. God actually tells us if we follow this book, our life can be full of joy. I believe, for one, I'm not here to tell you that God has saved you so you can be miserable. Matter of fact, I, know how, I don't know how wonderful heaven is going to be, but I can imagine how wonderful heaven is going to be. And I don't know if anybody else has decided about this, but I've just decided I'm going to enjoy being a Christian here. I'm just going to enjoy being saved on this side of eternity. I know I'll enjoy it over there, but friend, there should be nobody that has more joy, nobody that has more peace than a child of God. But this book does tell us to war a good warfare. It does tell us to fight the good fight of faith. It does tell us to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. We are reminded to have an eternal view, not a temporal view. Everything we live for down here, we're leaving it behind. We've all heard this illustration. You hear about a wealthy man who, who dies, and, and the question is asked, how much did he leave behind? The answer is all of it. But that which is used for God and for God's work last for an eternity. Scripture does tell us to seek ye first the kingdom of God. We're reminded that we are citizens of another country, and we're just passing through. As we consider what Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. I want to warn you and I tonight of the unsuspecting killer of a Christian's usefulness. We are blessed as the Emmanuel Baptist Church. God has been so good to us, not for years, but for decades. We have centered around this book that I preach from tonight. I don't fear tonight, and, and, and it is a real danger, but for the average person in this room tonight this Sunday night crowd, this faithful crowd, this 
pandemic crowd tonight on a Sunday night, uh, it's more than likely not going to be a bar that gets you out of church. But you can become entangled to where you're not warring. To our young people, I wish I could convey my heart to you as I preach to you, as I try and provide counsel for you in the direction of your life. I guess this is a better way for me to say it. I want you to be a useful Christian. So don't get entangled with the affairs of this life which might keep you from doing the will of God. To the young couples in our church and those that are not here but listening tonight, don't become so entangled that if God were to impress upon you to pick up and go to the other side of the world and preach the gospel, you're so intertwined with this world that it would be literally impossible for you to war the warfare that God has instructed for you to do. See, there are some tonight, some Christians, they, they are just ignorant of the war. They don't realize that we're in a spiritual warfare. There are others who have just deserted their post. They, 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 they have no regard for what God wants them to do with their life. They have, they have no interest in serving. They've just deserted their post as a child of God. But tonight I'm not going to speak to those two, although if you're here and you would place yourself in those categories, this will certainly help you. But I want to speak to that thought tonight of the unsuspecting killer of a Christian's usefulness. Tonight if we're on guard for the vile things of this world, we can stand against it. But if we're not careful, we'll become so entangled that our usefulness will not be for God what it could be for God. The Apostle Peter gives more clarity on this in 2 Peter 2, verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, how many of you are glad to be saved tonight? Oh, how lost would we? We would be lost and, we were lost and undone. We'd have no hope without the Lord Jesus Christ. We have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Don't get mad at me, get mad at Brother Peter. As he puts further clarification on the fact that we're saved out of the world to engage in a spiritual life and a spiritual warfare so that others might have the gospel, others might have the truth, others might have the opportunity for eternal life, and we as a soldier of Jesus Christ should not lay down our weapons and our armor and go back to that which we were saved from. But if we're not careful, the word again, entangled, was used. There's a lot of ways we can get entangled tonight, and I, I'm going I'm to scare you with this, but I have nine statements I'm going to make. And I'll let you out before 7 a.m. Number one, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the wrong people. 
Did you get it? No man that warreth entangleth himself with the wrong people. Paul asks this question in another passage of Scripture, who did hinder you? Who did hinder you? See, if we are going to be in this spiritual warfare, if we're going to make a difference, if we're going to engage in prayer, and by the way, that's the only activism you'll find in the Bible is getting in your prayer closet. That was free tonight. But you're not going to war if you're entangled with the wrong people. Look at 2 Timothy 2 verse 2, And the things thou hast heard of me. Paul reminds Timothy who he learned, what he learned. I'm going to say some things that may not, and I know we have some guests here tonight, but it may not be popular to say today, uh, but that needs to be, be said. You do you have a sense of responsibility to the person who led you to Christ. And I know, I know the criticism that comes to this. Uh, you, you, you do, Timothy did owe Paul. Paul said, remember, young people who are all over the building tonight of all ages, listen to me. Your mom and dad brings you to a Bible-preaching church. Make sure your Christian school education is paid for. Make sure you are kept from this world. You have a debt to pay. Nobody out there put put a roof over your head. Nobody out there stayed up at night praying while you were sick. There's a, there's a debt. And if you are going to give your loyalty and allegiance to the wrong people, you're not going to war. You're not going to make a difference in eternity. And you might get a lot of Instagram followers, but what eternal difference is that going to make? I can't find anywhere in my Bible where you find an award in heaven, a, a crown in heaven for, for social media championing of truth. You don't find it. Man, I don't know where this is going to go, but wouldn't it be better if we spent as much time in our prayer clauses as we did on Facebook and on Instagram and, and, and on... I mean, I took a great stand today. No, you didn't. You wasted time. There's no crown in heaven for that. But no man that warreth entangleth himself with the wrong people. Number two, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the wrong place. And the things that, the verse 2, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Where were those many witnesses that heard that? Where did Timothy hear from Paul among the many witnesses? Those to the church. Can I tell you something? All of us need the church. Everybody needs the church. Everybody needs a pastor. Uh, everybody, don't forget... The church. If you're going to war as God has laid out that we should be warring, don't entangle yourself with the wrong place. Don't give more loyalty to another organization than you do God's church. All they want down there is my money. Yeah, the gym lets you go in there for free. All these other organizations that you pay dues, you you don't pay dues to any of those. But yet God says, I've given you everything. And be a good steward of what I've given you. Anyway. No man that warth entangled himself with the wrong place. We need a revival of just Christians coming back to the church. You know what would change this world? A hashtag is not going to change anything. But if everybody who claimed the name of Christ was in church on the Lord's Day, 
I'd sure make a difference. It's sad to think that if just Christians when didn't go to the NFL games on Sunday, but they came to church, that it would hurt the attendance. Number three, no man that warth entangleth himself with the wrong priority. Second Timothy 2, 2 again, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou the faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Can I tell you what each one of us have a responsibility is to invest in somebody else. That should be our priority. Can I ask you all tonight, I asked you a moment ago, if you're saved, raise your hand, and it looked like everybody had their hand uh, raised. So, so this would apply to all of us as Christians. All of us has a responsibility to invest their life into somebody else. So let me ask you this, who are you investing in? That should be the priority. You realize you don't have to be a pastor to pass out a gospel tract. You don't have to be a pastor or a staff member or a deacon or have some other position to say, I'm going to be an encouragement to another child of God. Say, well, I could never never participate in this ministry or that ministry. And and, and God knows that you don't want me singing up there. I mean, I, I can't do all those things. But, you know, you could be in the ministry of encouragement. You could be someone that says, I'm just going to pray for the people that I know, the people I go to church with. But we have the wrong priorities. Friend, tonight, as a child of God, it should not be our priority uh, to be uh, accepted in this world. It should not be our priority to just make a whole lot of money or to to achieve uh, things in this world. Our priority should be to please God. Our priority should be one that worth, and one that worth is going to have the right priority. Paul is saying, Timothy, you've received it from me. Now you be faithful, and you commit it to somebody else who's faithful. That took an action on Paul's part with Timothy, and he was requiring of Timothy to take action and invest into someone else. Let me ask you this question. If the truth depended on you to get from one generation to the next, would it get there? Well, I thank God that's not true. For somebody, it is. For somebody, it is. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the wrong priority. Number four, I'm moving quickly. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the wrong practice. 2 Timothy 2, 3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Thou therefore endure hardness. Christian life isn't always easy. I wish it was, but it's not. If you are going to war for the Lord, if you're going to make an eternal difference, when it gets hard, you're just going to have to toughen up. There's no crown in heaven for whining as a Christian. I preached on it this morning. I hope, I hope you pay attention to what I preach, preached on this morning. You can't feel sorry sitting around. I feel too many Christians are sitting around feeling sorry for themselves. And I'm a victim of life, and I'm a victim of... No. Put your focus on God. And we have got to endure hardness. Don't quit. I'm proud of all three of these graduates tonight because they've had circumstances in their life that would have kept them from being where they are tonight. They had to overcome some things to finish something that they felt like God wanted them to finish. That is enduring hardness. You say, well, just because they took a few more classes, that means they can have a greater impact 
in, in, this, in this spiritual warfare. I think definitely the fact that they were willing to endure some things so they, they could finish something, that can have some impact in spiritual warfare. No man that warreth, number five, no man that warreth entangleth himself for the wrong purpose. Verse 4, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. You know what our purpose is supposed to be? To please him who hath chosen us to be a soldier. Who are you trying to please? As your pastor, I'll tell you publicly, don't try and please me. Some of you already got that down anyway, but don't try, don't try and please me. Please God. Please Him. Who are you trying to please? You trying to you trying to please this world? You trying to please uh, those that have not invested? Don't have the wrong purpose. If every one of us said, "I'm going to just please God," we'd war good warfare. We'd be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So don't have the wrong purpose. You can't war with the wrong purpose. You've, you've got to seek to please God, that He may please Him who hath chosen Him to be a soldier. Number six, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the wrong plan. Look at verse number five. And if a man also strive for masteries, strive for masteries, that means they have a goal, something they want to accomplish. What is your plan to do something for God. Is it too much for God to ask for us to strive for a mastery, for us to accomplish something for Him? He did send His Son to pay for our sins. He sent His Son to pay our sin debt. We got to live a life that says, "I want to please my Savior. I want to make an impact. I'm striving for something. I want to. I want to live as He wants me to live. I want to obey as He wants me to obey, so that I can master this flesh, so that I can limit my failures, so I can accomplish something for Him." But sadly, many times we as Christians we don't even consider is God pleased with us today. We don't even consider what does our heavenly Father think of the way that we are living. And if you are going to not be defeated by that unsuspecting uh, danger that we often face by becoming entangled with the things of this world, entangled with the desires of this world, entangled with the pressure of this world. You and I have got to remember there's a, there's a life that we should be trying to live. There's goals that we should try to accomplish. What are your goals for the Lord? There's a lot of graduations obviously going on right now and Graduation parties and birthday parties. You ever show up to a party with nothing to give? Awkward? Uh, oh, man, I, I, I didn't have a... You think that's awkward? Number six is, reminds us, or number seven is going to help us with that. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the wrong pursuit. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. We ought to be pursuing a crown. Why, why, why should we pursue a crown? So that we have something to cast at Jesus' feet. 
Hey, showing up at a party not bringing a gift is, that's not awkward. Don't be shameful. But we as God's children, we didn't live in a way that we could have something to give back to our Lord. See, Pastor, what should a good soldier do? A good soldier should have the right pursuit. If we're not careful, we'll get entangled with this world and our pursuit will change. One reason why you know if whether or not you're entangled is you can identify what is your pursuit. Uh, I think we sometimes get off track and sometimes we let those that don't know the Bible I, I, um, define things for us. I hope you are not living according to this book for any other reason, well, one, it's going to benefit you, but to please your God. So many things that we, we trifle over, so many things that we want to argue over, so many things that we want to make a big deal over, there's no rewards in heaven for that. There's, no, there's no, no rewards in heaven for some of the things I've already mentioned. You know, There's no reward in heaven for being a loophole Christian. And if you don't know what that is, it's those who study the Bible just so they can find a loophole to figure out what they don't have to do. I want to live in a way in my pursuit that there is a crown. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's all that's going to matter. That's all that's going to make the difference is what we do down here determines whether or not we hear that up there. Number eight, I'm almost done. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the wrong principles. Where do we find the principles that govern us? By the Word of God. I don't take time to read it, but in 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17, some of you know, know the verses very well. Paul, again, is writing to Timothy, and he reminds him to continue in the things that he has learned. He reminds him that from a child, he has known the Scriptures. What a privilege that is. What a privilege these kids sitting over here have, the fact they're being taught the Scriptures from a young age. I, I'll tell you, I am a privileged individual because I've grown up in church. I've been taught the, 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 the Scriptures, uh, that challenge to continue in the things we have learned. And he says, uh, the Scripture is, 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 is what you need. That's where we need to get our orders as a soldier. When Stonewall Jackson, who was a compassionate and a Christian man, was asked, he was a southern general in the Civil War. Was he a Christian, Brother Sally? You got to meet him a couple times, didn't you? Okay, all right. I thought so. Was asked whether he had any regrets in shelling a certain town which had been threatened unless it surrendered, he replied, none whatsoever. What business have I with results? My duty was to obey orders. Did you catch that? Too many Christians are worried about the results. I'll follow God if you can guarantee me the results. Our approach ought to be, my responsibility is to obey orders. Responsibility to obey orders. Number nine, and finally, no man that warth entangleth himself with the wrong protection. Ephesians 6.13, Paul's writing again, he speaks of the armor of God and how we have to put on the armor of God if we're going to be able to withstand 
against the wiles of the devil, his tricks, his fiery darts. Uh, without that, without the shield of faith, without the sword of the Spirit, without, without those things, how are we going to engage in battle? How are we going to come forth victorious? My reminder to all of us tonight is, let's be careful of how we get entangled. Sometimes we can take things that, that aren't necessarily bad, or should I say sinful, and they can become a weight to us. They can become a stumbling block to us. Or, as our text says tonight, we can be pulled out of the war because we're entangled. That's, that's why I, I'm going to continue to preach, and that's why our ministries are going to continue to appoint our young people to give their lives to God, to surrender their life to God. That's why my counsel is always to be, you ought to consider Bible college before you consider anything else. And I know that grates against anyone, but I understand that we are, some people, I, that, that we're in a spiritual war. And I, and I counsel in that way, and I continue to preach in that way, because if you're not careful, you can get entangled. So, right, Pastor, I just don't think that's what, what I need to be doing. And I think, okay, that's fine. But I want God to continue to work in your heart, and I want God to continue to work in your life, but I hope when He does show you what He wants from you, that you're not too entangled in this world to engage in the spiritual warfare. We are called to be in the war, 2 Timothy 4, 5. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Paul says, watch thou in all things. We need to be careful. Mom and dad, you, you need to engage in spiritual warfare. You need to pray for your children. Satan wants your kids. He wants my kids. You need to pray. We need revival in our nation. We need, we, need, we, we, need, we need people to turn back to God. I agree with that. You know how that's going to happen. We can just pray and we can make it happen. No, that's not how it works. Prayer makes things happen, but you have to have the proclaiming of the gospel as well. That's spiritual warfare. You know, and there's not a lot of preaching like this today, but I think we need to be reminded, I need to be reminded. It's not about what happens down here. It's about what happens up there. And what happens here, week in and week out, to God's honor and to that God's glory, gets the attention of up there. Because if one sinner comes to Christ, all of heaven stops. And they begin to rejoice. And they begin to sing. And they worship the Lamb of God. If one sinner. You and I have an opportunity to make heaven shout. The stand that you take on the Word of God it impacts heaven.
let's be careful. I, I believe tonight I'm preaching to the best people in the world. There's not, there, I wouldn't trade the Emmanuel Baptist Church for three churches. I wouldn't do it. I, I, I feel that way about, 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 about this church. I believe God is, it, it has given us something special. But let's not get in a place where we're so entangled. I'd like to give to missions, but I can't. I, I, I'd like to be more involved, but I can't. I, I, I'd like to... Oh, and we hear the testimonies and we hear the stories. I want to be involved in that. But we have not been wise. We've allowed ourselves to get entangled with the wrong people, the wrong place, the wrong pursuit, the wrong plan, the wrong protection. Tonight, let's just be reminded. We, there's enough preaching. You and I both know there's certain things we should stay away from. There's certain, there's certain elements we ought to stay away from. There's certain, but we need to be reminded there is an unsuspecting killer of a Christian's usefulness. It should be just being so entangled with the things of this world that we can't war. That we can't.